Today, my friend and also uh, the Freedom Kids director, Seth Evans, is going to be here, and he's going to be preaching for the very first time in person right here at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Yes, I think it's very appropriate. Clap, cheer, give fire emojis. There he is. Yes. Awesome. He's really, really tall. I'm really, really short. Um, I have... uh, um, Camera. Yeah, there's the camera. We've got to widen that out. I have Baptist roots. He has Pentecostal roots. So we go together. It's Baptocostal, all right? Mm -hmm. And so um, it is okay for you to get fired up. He, He has that Pentecostal background. I want that in my life. So I love when the crowd talks back. It encourages you. It, it, when you're up here, it makes you like, okay, I got this. Let's go. So amens and just get fired up and let's go. Also, this, when it, I remember my first time preaching in big church. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And so um, I also remembered I had a dream the night before I preached. And uh, it was me giving my sermon. And I could never end the sermon in my dream. And everybody just slowly got up and left, except for one guy. He just happened to stay, and like even my this wife had left in the dream. So, um, fortunately, when I gave my sermon, it did not. It, that did not happen. But Seth, you do have a timer right there. You'll have to end it at some point in time. Um, Kids guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. got time under. Uh, so, but he is a Chiefs fan. Yes, Chiefs are going to win tonight. Um, with that, going to hate. Hate yeah. is gonna hate. There we go. There we go. I'm gonna get off the stage because I wanna I wanna shout him down and I'm gonna jump in online with the, the online family too. But anyway, let's give it up for Seth and uh, um, he's got a word for you. Let's go. <clears throat> Good morning. How's it going out there, y'all? A um, little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Uh, like uh, Pastor Mike said, my first time speaking uh, in person in over like two and a half years. So like. Low rusty. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that now. And also, this is probably more for like the online crew. Camera's right there. Online crew right there. I talk with my eyebrows. So some people are going to see that and be like, what is he doing? It just, I talk with my eyebrows. Let's make it an interactive game. Um, get yourself a thing of eggnog. Every time you see my eyebrows go up, drink some eggnog. There's a game for you right there, okay? It's going to make it super fun. So yeah, like I said, I'm the kids director here at Freedom Church. I got hired in about 29, well, in 2019 in around the August, September timeframe. Um, I love my job, which is, and I genuinely love my job. Like a lot of kids people are like, I love my job. I really love my job. Uh, I love working with kids. Uh, I also have ADHD, so there's going to be some rabbit trails tonight, uh, today, so that's another thing, housekeeping, ADHD. Uh, I think it's a blessing. I just naturally have like this fog or like, yeah, fog light form of focus, which is great for kids because it's like, okay, you need to stop running, um, clean that up, you know, because it's, things are just going and going and going. So there's a little bit of the housekeeping stuff. Uh, Before we get going into the message, um, I'm going to need a little bit more interaction from you guys. And so I'm going to do something that I do every single Sunday with the kids. This is kind of the underlining goal. I could talk about this stuff with you guys. This is awesome. Is I want kids to always remember that God is with them and working through them in their week. And so uh, I'm going to start with a prayer, but I'm going to ask two questions. The first question is this. Who had a good week? If you could raise your hand if you had a good week. And it doesn't have to be a great week. It could be a good week, but things happened in your week that you are excited that happened. Awesome, 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 awesome. I see all those hands. Okay, now this is the question where I'm not expecting to see too many people raise their hands. 
but honesty is the best policy and kids do it, so let's see if we could do it as well. Who had a not so good week? Because that also happens. Sometimes we have a week and it's just, it's not a great week, right? It's not a bad week, but what we thought our week was gonna be and what it ended up being just weren't the same thing. So awesome, I like to see all those hands and all that honesty, that is super awesome. We're gonna pray real fast and in this prayer, we're gonna thank God for the awesome things that he gave us in our last week. And we're gonna re-situate ourselves and re-remind ourselves that even in the bad things, God is with us. So let's pray, here we go. Father God, Lord, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for being with us this last week. God, thank you for the awesome things that you gave us, these awesome experiences uh, that we got to be a part of, God. And I pray that you would continue that in this next week, Lord. But also, God, for, for us that didn't have quite the best week, God, I pray that you would just be with us, God, that you would just show us who you are, show us who we are, which is yours, God, and that you would just help us out in this next week to, to, to have a better week than what we had. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you, Rick. Awesome. So here we go. I'm going to get going into today's message. So if you didn't know, we have been talking about living legacy. Can I get you guys to say Living Legacy on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Living Legacy. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for the participation. I kind of need that kind of stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so uh, Mike has covered this in a bunch of really awesome ways. And I love being able to speak on this because I'm going to give you guys uh, an under 40 perspective of this. So um, happy birthday, Mike. I don't know if you guys do this, but Pastor Mike's birthday was yesterday, two days ago. 41. Happy birthday, Pastor Mike. Woo! Doesn't look a day over 27. I know I am 27, so I can, yeah. Go Chiefs. So uh, can I get everybody to say, so what? The phrase, so what? Ready? One, two, three. So what? We're going to be talking about sowing. Uh, S-O-W. Uh, in the comments, can I get you guys to put so what in the comments? S-O-W, not S-E-W. Sowing is the process of planting seeds and preparing soil to reap for harvest. And I accidentally had you guys say the wrong phrase. Instead of so what, I meant to have you guys say, what are you sowing? So can I get you to turn to your neighbor and say, what are you sowing? Go ahead. What are you sowing? What are you sowing in your life? What seeds are you sowing? And, and I'm just going to go ahead and give you guys the big idea right now. So this is what everything we're going to be talking about. This is the big idea for all those people who are like, what is he talking about? Like, when, when do I know exactly why I'm sitting here? This is what we're talking about. Plant the seeds today that you want to reap tomorrow. That's what we're talking about today. Planting the seeds today that you want to reap tomorrow. Because, uh, spoiler alert, every blessing from God is a miracle, but not every blessing from God needs to be a miracle. We can do work today. We can put effort in today to reap blessings tomorrow. And not just us to reap blessings tomorrow, but for your family to reap blessings and your kids and your co-workers and the relationships in your life. That's what legacy is. It's not for us. It's for others. So if we plant the seeds today, we can reap awesome things for the people we love the most tomorrow. And with Jesus's help, you have the ability today to change not only your future, but the future of those who are most important to you. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Rick. Being intentional is important. That's the first point. I have a bunch of points because, like I said, ADHD. So being intentional is super important with this, right? We need to know what we're planning and why we're planning it. And uh, I'm going to 
go into hypothetical argument space, and I know I apologize, this is the beginning of the message. We're not quite through our second cup of coffee if we're watching online. But I'm going to need everybody to put their thinking cap on, or thinking cap, we're going we're gonna to go deep into the ocean of Bible theology for just a quick bit. We're going to, you know, board the Bible Express and kind of go down, and I'm going to present a little bit of an argument that I think really shows why legacy is so important within Christianity for other Christians in the room. Um, have you ever thought about why, here's a good question, have you ever thought about why Christmas and Easter are on different days of the week? You ever thought about that? Why is Christmas on one day and Easter on a different day? Because here's the hypothetical argument, right? Hypothetical argument. If, if Christmas and Easter could have been on the same day, if, if the goal was just to get to heaven, right? Let's, let's go through three real key points. First off, in heaven, God said, hey, send me. I'll be the sacrifice. So we have consent from Jesus. Second point, here's a big word called hypostatic union. You don't need to remember that. It just means that God is 100% man and 100% God, and he got that at birth. So there's this thing called hypostatic union. So we have cons uh, consent. We have divinity, and the third thing we need to be saved and for Jesus to be a sacrifice is we need sinlessness. We need that sinless space, and Jesus was a baby who was innocent, so there was the sinless nature, and I know this is kind of a, a weird, kind of maybe a little morbid topic, but like if God would have sent a messenger, an angel, which angel, we get the word angel, here's a nerd moment. We get the word angel from the Greek word, I think, anglios, which just means messenger. So angel just means messenger. Uh, so if God would have sent a messenger and gone to Joseph and been like, hey, bro, just uh, kind of did the same thing I asked Abraham to do. If that would have happened, it didn't, right? I want to make this clear. We're not going to have like a war of the world situation. <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, we would have been covered, right? Our sins would have been paid for, and we would have been able to go to heaven. So, this is the key point right here. The reason why there are 33 years between the birth and the death of Jesus is because Jesus was establishing a new legacy, and then he was giving examples of that legacy with his life. So it's so much more, and that's what's so incredible about this idea of legacy, is that 33 years, Jesus was here. He wasn't just making a way. He made a way for us to go to heaven, to be with him for eternity. But he was also establishing, he was planting, he was sowing seeds of a new legacy. So legacy is something that is day one Christian. Like it is our roots. Our roots is legacy. There are people in this room, I am one of them, who are here today because of legacy. We're all here, if you're a Christian in this space, you're here because of Jesus' legacy. I'm here because of my parents' legacy. They decided a long time ago, we're going to go to church. We're going to let our kids go to church. And through just that process alone, I am here as a part of legacy. And so Jesus was not just establishing a legacy. He was giving examples of it. He was living out this legacy, and we can see some of these seeds that he was planting that are good seeds for us to grow when, when we think about legacy. And so uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture for you guys. This is 2 Peter 1, 3 through 8. Here's another share moment. I stink at reading. I have dyslexia. So here we go. Here we go. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 8. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who calls us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to his precious and and very great promise, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very nature, make every effort to supplement, here are some seeds. These are some seeds being planted right here, okay, guys? To supplement your faith with virtue, and with virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, godliness. Oh, sorry, and with godly, oh, sorry, I skipped the whole line there. And with godliness, brotherly affection. No, 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 I skipped it again. I got to do the finger trick. Here we go. Virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, and with self-control, steadfastness, and for steadfastness, godliness, and with godliness, brotherly affection, and with brotherly affection, love. Let's go through those seeds one more time. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love. These are awesome seeds to plant. Let's finish out that verse. For if these qualities are in, are planted in you and are increasing, they're growing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are things that help us grow good legacy in our life. These are good seeds to plant. These are seeds that we should be planting in our lives. But before we get planting seeds, we need to inspect the soil. Um, That's the first thing a farmer does. When a farmer goes out and looks at their land and they're getting ready to, to plant seeds, they have to look at the soil. They have to make sure that their soil is good. And there's so many parts to this. I'm not a farmer, obviously. I work in kids' ministry, kind of the same thing. But we need to work on the soil. The the soil for us, it's our heart, right? Because that's what we plant our seeds in. Our our good seeds get planted in our heart. So we need to be working on our heart. And so I have three things I'd like to talk about real fast. There's, There's plenty of these. But the first one is when we go out and farmers go out and they go look at the soil, they're looking for, they're looking for weeds, right? They're looking for, for things that are there, that shouldn't be there, that are robbing nutrients from that dirt, that are occupying space for a good thing to be growing. And so they go and they pull out these weeds. They work on the weeds because weeds choke out seeds. A weed and a seed can't grow in the same space. It's, they, they, they won't, it won't work. Right? You can go try it. The seed's not going to grow. The weed's going to grow. It's stealing all of the resources from that good seed. So before we plant seeds, we need to work on the weeds. And these are the bad traits in our lives. I got them. You got them. We have these things in our life that are just, it's, it's called being human. right? It's called being sinful creation, trying to be in relationship with Jesus who was perfect, which you're never going to get there. I'm never going to get there, but we can darn toot and try, right? And so uh, we need to work on the weeds. And so what are weeds? Impatience, ungenerous heart, self-centered ideas. These things are weeds that take away from the Christian movement. They take away from, from, ultimately, here's a really easy way to remember what a weed is. Does it show love to others around me? Does it honor God and does it honor others? If it's not doing that, 
It's probably a weed. And it's something that, that needs to be worked on. And every single season, there's new weeds. It's a process that never stops. And, and, and so we need to work on the weeds in our life. The next thing that we need to work on, and this might frustrate some of y'all, we got to work on the grubs, right? So like a farmer will go out there, they'll get their spade or their shovel, they'll get some dirt, and they'll pop it out, and they'll look and they'll examine that clump of dirt, and, and they're looking for grubs. They're looking for pests. They're looking for things that eat roots. They're looking for things that, that make a feast out of the beginning stages of good traits. And what I have here for working on the grubs, for the things that eat the roots, is ungodly content and ungodly people. And I know that's something we don't want to hear, but I'll tell you mine first. I, in 2020, had this realization that I got to stop watching Netflix. I'm not telling you what to do, but I just realized there's stuff there, there's temptation there, that 2020, COVID hit, I got a lot of free time now, Netflix is looking better and better and better. Why don't I just pop on some Netflix? Because I'm, I'm not a Netflix person. I pay for it, but I never use it. And I was never using it, but I was like, eh, eh, eh. Maybe I'll start using it a little bit more. And then I just, for me, I just had that verse where it's like, hey, if your eyes are causing you to lust, to sin, pluck them out. And if your hand's causing you to sin, chop it off. And I'm not telling, don't do that. In real life, if you have chainsaws or spoons or something, don't go do that right now. It was, Jesus was saying, get rid of the things that cause you to do things that you sh probably shouldn't be doing. And so for me, that was Netflix. That was something where it was just like, there's too much temptation there. So I got rid of my Netflix account, two months passed by, and I had this epiphany. I was just like, I have been paying for temptation. Every single month I've been like, ah, $14 for a little temptation, please. I was like, what am I doing? So it was, it was such a, a relief for me to, to step away from that and to put myself in something I like to call the neutral zone. Um, and this is something I really think we need to talk about because I think there's three zones here. Let's, let's use our imaginations. I have a line here, and on this side of the line, I'm in something that I called, let's see what I called it here, the how great thou art religion zone. So this side of the line, how great thou art religion zone. Step over, neutral zone. And then one more line, step over, ungodly zone, right? So we have these three zones in our life, and people think there's only two. There's either this super, super, how great there are, religiously focused line, and then this ungodly line. But that's not true. There's this neutral zone, and I like to kind of talk about Paul when I talk about this to people, because this verse gets used, uh, I'm from Carlsbad down south, so this verse gets used a lot when you turn 16, maybe 18, uh, when they're like, you need to get a job. Even, even Paul had a job, right? Like, that's how it gets used, because I don't know if you guys knew this, but Paul made tents. Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament of the Bible. He wrote a ton of letters to a lot of people, and he was a tent maker. And yeah, he did have a job, and that's a get a job, right? Like, I want to say that first. But there's a deeper motive. There is a deeper reason why Paul made tents. And it's really, this is like another one of those Bible nerd moments that I love, Paul was positioning him, himself in a, in a space to be the most effective that he could be with his message. Why? Because as a tent maker, where was he? He was in the city center. He was where, in the action. He was where every single person had to go to get their business done, was the city center. And who was there with them? Paul, selling his tents, sold out for Jesus, saving souls. And he was in this neutral zone. 
He didn't have them come to him and be like, oh, you've got to step over two lines to get to me to learn about Jesus. No, he met them in the neutral zone. So it's important to have that establishment that we can meet people in the neutral zone in, in, at work, here at a school, which is pretty awesome, at Smith's, right? Those are neutral zones where we can be encouraging others and showing, being a light, being salt and light to the world around us. So keep in mind, neutral zone. But there are some of us who sometimes step over the neutral zone and we find ourselves in the ungodly zone. The ungodly zone where we're, we're finding ourselves more tempted. And so we need to take a step back from that because we're in grub territory now. Our roots are getting eaten. We're, we're no longer going to be effective in, in the, a life that we're trying to establish. So work on that. Um, work on those temptations. And side note, being tempted isn't a sin. I know that's, I don't know if you guys knew that. Being tempted isn't a sin. We know this because whenever Jesus had his kind of his like really cool, like I, I think of it, it wasn't, but I think of it as like this rap battle with, with Satan and Satan's trying to tempt him. And then he, he drops some bars the other way, like eight mile style, right? He's like, nah, 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 this is what the book says, right? It says that he was tempted there, but Jesus died a sinless life. So being tempted, going through temptation does not make you a sinner. When you act on those temptations, that is stepping into sin. And I think I have to cover this real quick. Sin is just something that separates us from God. God can't be around sin. So whenever we envelop ourselves in sin, God loves us. He wants us. But there's places God can't go. He can save us. And Jesus has saved us from those things but we have to step back into the neutral zone. The last thing I want to talk about that a farmer looks at when establishing seeds or about to plant and sow some seeds in his life is he looks at another part of the soil. He looks at something called rocks. He looks for these rocks in the soil. Why? Because, let me find it real fast, rocks stop the roots from growing deep. Like I said just a second ago, I grew up in Carlsbad, New Mexico, uh, I grew up on some horse property. We had a pretty decent size um, little garden there. I think it was like 30 feet by 60 feet, something like that, that we planted. We ended up getting raised beds because of this, because in Carlsbad, I don't know if you guys know this stuff exists. Have you guys ever heard of this stuff called caliche before? Do you guys know what caliche is? Caliche is directly from the devil. I didn't know if you knew that. Caliche is from the devil. It's down beneath your feet. It's about two feet down. I, I apologize. Sorry. It's down beneath your feet. And it is basically like you have like two feet of dirt. And then you have like at minimum six inches of just rock. And it's everywhere in Carlsbad. And so when you go digging in Carlsbad, you grab a shovel. And then you grab this 80-pound bar called a rock bar. Because if you want to go more than two feet down, you got to grab this bar and you got to break up all of that rock and get it out of there. And it is not fun. <laughs> like, it's like, I remember the first time my dad's like, grab the bar, we're going to go dig. And it's like, this is going to be great. And five minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is, I did not have my expectations properly set for this. This is not fun. Uh, can I go, I forgot some water. I need to go get some water. Uh, it's, uh, so, you know, caliche's not fun. Rocks aren't fun. They stop roots from growing. So we have to get the roots out. And I'll be the first to let you know that this is where this metaphor breaks down because luckily for farmers, when you get the rocks out, they stay out. But for us, rocks come back. And what are rocks? Rocks is trauma and church hurt. Rocks is trauma and church hurt. 
Rocks are things that don't allow roots to grow deep because we have been hurt so bad that we don't, we don't trust anymore. We lose a certain level of faith. We lose a, a certain level of, of giving Jesus everything and, and trusting him fully with the process of taking care of these good seeds and growing them in our hearts. So we have to work on those things. And I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to pretend to be a counselor. But if you have some of those things in your life, I would just be the first to let you know therapy and counseling is cool, right? Therapy and counseling is cool. If you need that in your life, go get that help, not just for you, but for your legacy, right? Because that's the part of this that's crazy. When we hold on to the rocks in our soil, we hurt others sometimes, right? And most of the times we hurt others. We stop ourselves from growing deeper, which ends up hurting harvests later on. So we need to work on that church hurt. We need to work on that trauma. And we need to find a way to get maybe past that and trust a little bit more. And, and rocks are going to show up. But it's, it's this process of trusting who God says and knowing at the end of the day who we are because of whose we are, that we are loved by God, that he wants us. I was listening to this song when I was setting up. It's, uh, I, forget, I just forgot the name of the band. But the line of it, it's kind of offensive in a really cool way. It says, God, you don't need me, but you want me. And I love that because it's so true. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And, and we take that thought of this idea that Jesus came to earth and died on the cross for you. Like Jesus died. I don't know if that, especially in this season, right? Like he, he just shows up. He's going to show up in just a couple weeks, which we celebrate in December, but I think it actually happened in like June, another nerd moment, ADHD moment. But he died for you. Like, has anybody else died for you? Like been like, you, I'm going to die for you. You might not even say yes to what I'm dying for, but for you, I'm going to die. That is awesome. And not just like, like a normal death, like a really kind of, I don't know if I can say this on stage, kind of a crappy death, right? Like such an incredible death. We're going through this uh, small group study, um, this Advent one, which is really awesome. And they talk about that this idea that like there was a word invented because of how crazy crucifixion was. It's the word excruciating, right? Like it's, it's such a crazy way to die that they're like, we need to invent a word excruciating, which is the best word, because like, I think the first time I heard that word, I was like, I don't want that in my life, right? Like, it's a great descriptive term for how severe of a punishment Jesus went through just to establish that relationship, that level of love that we can trust in, in this. So we've got to work on those rocks. Um, let's keep going. When a farmer sows seeds in spring, they aren't surprised with what they reap in September. Did you guys know this? Did you guys know that? I think we all knew this, that when a farmer goes, you're going to be corn, that about four months later, it's probably going to be corn. Like, this is just a reiteration of that idea of like, plant what you want to grow. Plant what you want to grow. Do you want to be a more loving person? Plant some love in your life. Put yourself in a situation where you need to grow love. Do you want to be a more patient person? Plant some seeds of patience. Those seeds suck, by the way. Those seeds aren't great. But the process of growing them aren't great. But once you have patience in your life, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, you're just above it all, right? Like, like things come at you and you're just like, patience. It's pretty cool. I'm still working on that one, by the way. Like, I don't want to come off as having, like, I work with, 20 kids every single Sunday. Like, I, I'm, I'm in, like, the advanced class for patients. So, yeah. Um, 
Plant the seeds that you want to grow in your life. Plant the seeds that you want to grow in your life. So I want to tell you guys a real quick story about a super awesome year. And uh, I have a little thing I'm going to show you in a second. But um, some of you guys were alive. Most of you guys were alive. Some of you guys weren't alive. But I'm going to tell you about the year 2000. It's a great year. Great year. Uh, we all had way too many cans from Y2K, right? Like we were getting ready. It was the original. There's no toilet paper, right? Y2K. But for me, I had no idea any of this was going on. Why? Because I was in kindergarten. I know. I was in kindergarten. I know that's crazy to think about. And this process of sewing reminded me of one of my most favorite projects when I was in kindergarten. And a little bit of backstory before we get into that project is this was the year I was diagnosed with ADHD. I have severe ADHD, if you guys couldn't tell. So severe that it was like, normally you like, it mellows when you, as you age. Mine was like, nah, nah, you're staying. And so I remember the process of being diagnosed with ADHD. So we lived in Carlsbad, not, not the best medical scene down there. So we drove up to Albuquerque, all the way up. It's a five hour drive for us. I'm in the car with my parents. Probably not stop talking, like da 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 That's a rock and that's a rock and that's an antelope. And, and look at that sign. And, and oh, look, two for one special on burritos right there, right? Like everything, two hours or five hours all the way up in the, in the waiting room. And then we get there. And then I see, as a, as a five year old, the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. We walk into the, the waiting room, and there is this to a fifth grader giant yellow rhino just in the corner of the room. And I was like, ah, yeah, right? Like I was like, I'm going to ride that. And in two seconds, I had hopped onto that rhino. About three minutes later, the doctor walks in, opens the door, looks to the left, sees me on said rhino, looks, sees my parents, sees the exhaust, exhaustion on their face and goes, your son has ADHD. And that was, that was the diagnosis. It was about a two-second process. And my parents just were just like, yeah, we know. What can we give him? I'm a Ritalin kid, by the way. It doesn't stunt your growth, or it didn't for me. Or if it did, thank you, Ritalin, because I'd be way too tall. So, yeah. So, anyways, super, super ADHD, crazy kid. First year in school, I went to Catholic school. Uh, because of the ADHD, I'm the only kid in my family like, he needs Catholic school. And here's what's crazy. My kindergarten teacher called my mother crying, saying, I need help with Seth. Because I, I was fury incarnate. <laughs> like, I just never stopped. They, they tried everything with me. They had me stand on this red rubber ball and bounce it, and it kept rolling around, and my teacher had to go get it and bring it back. They gave me these, like, balloons with sand. This is, like, 2000. We didn't really fully understand what to do here. They're like, give him something. They gave me these squishy things, like balloons they would put with, like, cornstarch in them. And I was a chewer as well, because I had... So, like, I would start the day with a new shirt, and by the end of the day, I would have, like, spit all the way down to here, because I would chew on my shirt. And so... I saw that and I was like, yeah, and I kept popping those in. I was, oh my gosh, I was not a great five-year-old, right? So like, be thankful, be thankful parents out there because, man, I, I watched some home videos the other day and I never stopped talking for about an hour and a half of like 
home videos that went through like nine years of my life. We got done with that. I, I looked at my parents and with the most sincerity, I was like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for not smothering me with a pillow. Like, oh my gosh, I never stopped talking. Like, whoa, so sorry. But like, I'm gonna get this thing real fast. So give me one second. I have a cup. This is a cup. It has my name on it. My name is Seth. I didn't try to write like a kindergartner. I just write like a kindergartner. So this cup has dirt in it. This cup has soil in it, right? This cup represents one of the most amazing opportunities I had in kindergarten. And that was growing a pinto bean. I don't know if you guys ever did this whenever you were a kid, but I loved it. I love growing the pinto bean. And there's three things I think we can talk about about growing pinto beans in kindergarten. And the first thing is this. The first thing when we try to grow a pinto bean in kindergarten is to have patience because when we grow seeds, they take a little bit of time, especially for a kid with ADHD where it's like, come on, where are you at? I planted you 12 hours ago. Where are you at, bean plant? Quit sleeping. I got things to do. Let's go. So the first thing you want to do, I remember, show up to school, do all of my pledges, my, you know, Pledge of America, salute to New Mexico, um, Lord's Supper, or prayer thingy. I had to do all that every single morning. I was like, bean plant, bean plant, bean plant, bean plant, right? Because it's like, what do I got going on? Come on, bean plant. And so I get into the room, nothing. I'm look, I get there, I look at my cup, it's empty. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. What am I supposed to do with dirt? I can't do nothing with dirt. I planted this awesome seed. I saw the little sprouty roots beforehand. I know it's alive. I know it's a good thing. But it's not growing yet. What do I do with this, right? And so the temptation is to, as a kindergartner, and I think as us, as we grow good and sow good seeds, stick our finger in there, dig it up, to pull that thing out and go, why aren't you growing? This is a crayon. This is not a bean. I didn't think you guys could see a bean from the stage. This is a crayon. You can't grow crayons, right? I just want to let you know that right now. Can't grow crayons. I wish you could. Really be great for the kid's budget, but you can't grow crayons. So this is a crayon. This isn't a bean, but it represents the idea of like, what have I just done? I've stopped all the growth, right? So what are, what are we supposed to do? We, we plant the seed, and we wait, and we have patience, and we have faith that God is doing something good with that seed. We keep the seed in the soil. We don't let ourselves become impatient. We don't let the enemy say, your seed's dead already. You didn't water it well enough. You remember when you took it from the, the windowsill for about two seconds? Shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. You messed up. You got to plant it. No, the seed is alive. Just know that the seed is alive. Be patient and know that God is working in that situation. God is working in that situation in your life right now financially. God is working in that life in your, is working in your life right now with that situation with your coworkers, with your spouse, with your kids, whatever seeds you're planting, they are growing. It's roots right now, guys. You'll see the plant in a couple of weeks. And that gets to the second point that I want to talk about is this. Fast forward, kindergarten, a couple of weeks go by, the bean plants have grown. I show up, I see my bean plant, I'm like, oh yeah, it's about this tall, there's two leaves on it, I got the best. Bean plant. Check out my bean plant, y'all. My, my bean plant will beat up your bean plant any day of the week. And then I look over at Roman's bean plant, and his is this much taller than mine. What the heck is this? 
right? And I look over here, I see Mary's bean plant, and it has three leaves. One, two, three. I just learned how to do that. Three leaves. That's more leaves than mine. Uh, what's going on? Exact same windowsill. Exact same, really not so great for you, Carlsbad water tap getting poured in every single one of those. Why do not all of these bean plants look the same? Why do not all of our lives look the same? Why, do, why does the growth of good things not always look exactly the same in every single one of us? Because we're unique, right? That's spoiler alert. We're all unique individuals. And this is what I wrote. I want to make sure I, I read this very, very clearly. The condition of somebody else's life does not reduce the responsibility you have to take care of your own life or signal that your life doesn't matter. We all have a different bean plant. We're all dealing with different things. The beautiful part of the Christian community is we're all looking at each other's fronts and backs, and we're working on growing a great harvest together. But each one of us is a different plant. Each one of us is going through different set of circumstances, but not a single circumstance makes you less valuable than anybody else. We all matter. God sees us and died on the cross for every single one of us. Keep working on your plan. And the third thing that I want to talk about is this. We talked earlier about the soil, which is our heart. And soil is crucial to grow plants. But it's not the only thing you need. There's also two other really important things. Sunlight and water. We need sunlight and we need water. It's not just dirt, right? Sunlight and water. What is sunlight? Sunlight is placing your cup in a, where, in a, in a place where it can, it can have some sunlight, which is connection to God and his word. That's like, that's, read your Bible, right? Like, like know who God is. Put yourself in a place where you are, you are giving that seed what it needs to grow, which is a relationship with God, prayer, right? These things establish in us the condition for good seeds to grow in the best case scenario. And then the other thing we need to work on is water. We need to give, and we all know this, we all live in the desert. You ain't got water, you ain't got nothing, right? Like, you ain't got water, you ain't got nothing. And, and, and this is maybe a different interpretation of water, but for me, I, I think of it as this. Speak God's truths into your life. So when you get that sunlight, when you learn those things, speak those into your life, especially in those situations when you're questioning if your seed's growing. Remind yourself, I am loved, right? God died for me. I am somebody God wants to be in a relationship with. And no matter what I go through, no matter what I deal with in my life, God is going to work that to his good. God is going to take whatever I go through, however my plant grows. When that leaf falls off, God's going to grow a new leaf in a new situation, right? God is working in our lives. Speak those truths into your life. Because when we do that, um, we are able to plant good seeds for tomorrow, and we are able to build good legacy. This legacy is something that we got to work on now, guys. We got to put work in, right? We got to take care of that soil, and we got to plant good seeds. Because when we do that, again, we're affecting our loved ones in a potentially awesome way. And when we don't do that, when we don't do that, we're affecting them in a negative way. What happens when we don't take care of the anger seed? That's not a great environment to grow in, especially in a church place, especially anywhere. But we've got to work on getting rid of those bad seeds, putting good seeds in. 
So recently, guys, we've been talking about this thing called getting your word for 2022. And so I'm going to encourage you guys, before I dismiss, I'm getting ready to wrap it up and dismiss. Uh, I, I would love for you guys to be praying to be getting a word, something to define your 2022, something that you'd like, that I would encourage you to plant in that good soil of your heart to grow something. My word is tov, T-O-V, tov. It's not an English word, so the, I don't feel like tov, the, what's going on? Tov is Hebrew. I've been reading this book lately. The whole book is about this word called tov. Tov is the Hebrew word for goodness. And this book is about generating a culture of goodness in your life. And it's something that like, this book found me. I didn't find this book, I think is the best way to put it. And it's like, it's phenomenal. But my word is tov. And so I wanted to leave you guys with one final scripture. This actually comes out of Galatians 9 or 6, 9 through 10. And it reads like this. It says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap. If we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good in everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Let's reap goodness, guys. Let's put good things in so good things come out. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to, to start today working on planting some good seeds in our life. God, right now I pray that you would just open our minds, open our hearts right now, God, and, and just show us these seeds that you would like to plant in us today, God, that, that we know we have faith, we, we trust you in this process, God, that even if it's a seed that we're not 100% sure of, of what's going to happen from it, that we know that ultimately good things are going to come from it and that we're going to be able to show the world around us who you are by being salt and light. Thank you again, God, for this awesome opportunity to gather together as the community of faith. Amen. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.